Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Suite Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Antonio Castro once again joined by Chris Van Dyne. And what a weekend we have in store here at North Coast Sports. It's Game of the Year weekend. And what does that mean? Oh, that just means it's our strongest play of the year, our strongest card of the year. And I want to remind everybody that college game of the year throughout the history of North Coast Sports that's been around since 1982 the game of the year, 28 and 8. That's 78% winners uh, in this game. So, really want you to get on board this weekend. Uh, again, our deepest card of the year, game of the year, our big games this year, still superb. 6 and 2, 75% uh, going on this year. Our college totals are on fire. They're 11 and 4, 73% the last four weeks. How about our NFL top late phone play? It's undefeated on the year, perfect 9-0, and covering by an average of 9.2 points per game. Those NFL late phones overall are on a 21-13 and run, that's 62%. Over the last nine weeks, you can get the entire weekend, including that game of the year, all of our NFL selections on Sunday, all of our uh, side selections for the colleges on Saturday, as well as our Monday night marquee for as low as $119. Again, we sell that game of the year alone for just $100. You can get the entire slate of Saturday side uh, selections, Sunday selections. These are star-rated plays and our Monday night magic play for as low as $119. Give our office a call at one 800 654-3448. Again, 1-800-654-3448. And we will get you all good to go for this game of the year weekend. Again, so excited about this weekend. Again, 28-8 and in the history of those game of the year. 78%. Nothing is a lock when it comes to gambling, uh, especially when you're talking with 18 to 22 year old kids on the gridiron however 78 percent is pretty as close as you can get chris when it comes to that game of the year record all right now that we've gone into this exciting weekend that we have going on here at north coast sports and what we have going on let's get into this week's slate of games that we're going to talk about we think we've picked out a good slate of games uh going on different conferences we're going to auburn and georgia in the sec we're going with the sbc battle of troy and georgia southern we're going to take you out west and talk about washington state going uh, at Colorado. We're going to go to the Big Ten and, and, and look at the Ohio State versus Michigan State matchup. We're going to go to ACC territory and talk about Clemson and Boston College. And then for our final game, we're going to give away one of our winner, one of our uh, star-rated plays from this week's issue of Power Sweep. We're going to take a look at the 116th annual Sunflower Showdown, Kansas at Kansas State, for our final game of the week that we're going to break down. But let's get it started, as we always do, talking about the SEC and we're talking about Auburn going into Georgia. Uh, Auburn, disappointing season, 6-3 and three overall, 3-3 three and three in conference play. Georgia's 8-1 and one overall, 6-1 and one in SEC play, already locked up a, a title game appearance for the SEC championship game. Uh, against the spread, neither team really uh, opening eyes. Auburn 3-5-1 against the spread. Georgia just 5-4 against the spread. Uh, the line opened up as Georgia, a 14.5-point favorite. 
about the same, a little bit of early money on Auburn. Uh, currently, Georgia is laying two touchdowns. Looking at this game, Chris, I just look at the physicality of Georgia. I think they're too physical for Auburn in this game. Uh, Auburn coming off an extremely misleading win last week versus Texas A&M. No way they should have won that game. Uh, I, I thought they were out physical in that game. Uh, they will not be able to run the ball here this week against Georgia. I think Georgia's defensive line has the edge. Uh, while Georgia has that SEC title game locked up, I think they have to remain focused to ensure playoff eligibility because even if they lose this game and, let's say, beat Alabama in the SEC championship game with two losses, they're probably out of the playoff discussion even with a win there because I think Bama might still jump them. So I, I, it's all kind of possibilities. Bottom line, this is a game they cannot overlook still. Uh, Georgia has won all eight of their games this year by a minimum of two touchdowns. The line is two touchdowns. I'm going to go Georgia by over two touchdowns. I'm going with Georgia laying the points. Let's go to our SEC conference coordinator, the expert of the SEC here at North Coast Sports, Chris Van Dyne. What do you what do you have for everybody for this game? Well, remember first, this is a rematch of last year's SEC title game. Uh, Georgia won that matchup 28-7 after losing the regular season matchup against Auburn, where uh, the, the dogs had a little bit of revenge in their mind in that SEC championship game, and Auburn was coming in with an injured carry on Johnson, so it wasn't quite the same Auburn team. Uh, Georgia's done well in this series, so you have to like the dogs at home. 10-3 uh, straight up, 9-4 and four against the spread. And Auburn just hasn't looked like the Auburn that we'd expect, while Georgia is starting to look like the team that we expected them to be. Uh, Auburn's not impressive, especially on offense. Uh, Jarrett Stidham just doesn't look the same as he did last year. And Malzahn's system usually runs better with a running quarterback, and he hasn't had that with Stidham. There's been talk about whether Malzahn's going to take the play calling away from uh Chet Lindsey, so look out for that as far as Auburn's offense goes. Tigers are only averaging a yard less than their opponents are allowing. Uh, it's number 72 in the FBS, so not real impressive. And their biggest strength usually is their run game. Well, their offensive line has just been a major issue this year. They've had mix and match guys in and out. They've had some injuries. So uh, while Georgia's defense has shown it will give up some rush yards every once in a while, uh, they've also done well enough to where you got to think this Auburn offensive line banged up on the road and, and not playing very well this year is at a serious disadvantage against the Dogs defense. And the Dogs are coming in having won their last two games pretty convincingly, beating Florida by 19 points, handling Kentucky in a game where they needed to win, but Kentucky was extremely fired up and it was the game of the probably the century for the Wildcats. So you, you got to like Georgia there. Fromm completing 67%, 14, 17 to 4 ratio. The guy I'm looking at right now for Georgia is DeAndre Swift. He was the guy last year after Nick Chubb, after Sonny Michelle, that everyone thought was the Georgia running back to take over the mantle and be that next big time dogs running back. He didn't do it for the first eight games. Well, but about the first seven games. The last two weeks, he's at 260 yards between him and Elijah Holyfield. The Georgia run game is going really well, and dogs have covered the last five hosting Auburn. So I'm leaning with the dogs here. I like Georgia at home. 
Let's stay in the state of Georgia, the, the Peach State, and let's go with the Troy at Georgia Southern matchup. This is a Sun Belt Conference showdown. Troy comes in a seven and two record overall, five and zero oh in the Sun Belt Conference. Georgia Southern seven and two as well, four and one in the Sun Belt Conference. Both teams extremely well uh, in Vegas. Troy six two and one against the spread. Georgia Southern is seven and two against the spread. Uh, this line opened up. Troy is a one point favorite. Uh, currently, it's still around the same. Troy uh, land point. Some places might have Troy is uh, laying one and a half points, but still around the same. Uh, now, I got to tell you, Chris, this is, uh, you know, while Sunbelt doesn't get a lot of love, obviously, across the country, I got a soft spot in my heart for this conference because when I first started here working at North Coast Sports many, 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 many moons ago, uh, the Sunbelt Conference was one of my first conferences that I became an expert in was one, was one of the conferences that I handled. So I, I still really follow this conference. I like it very, very much. So uh, it pleases me to, to talk about this matchup. Georgia Southern wasn't in the Sun Belt at the time, but Troy certainly was. Uh, again, this huge SBC East Division title ramifications at stake. The winner of this game uh, will have the advantage to go to the first SBC championship game. Um, but when, you know, looking at this game, Chris, you know, Troy lost their starting quarterback, Caleb Barker, four games ago. Uh, Sawyer Smith has come in, looked a little bit nervous early on, but I think, you know, this being his fourth game as a starter, he's coming off his most productive game in their win over a solid Louisiana, don't call me Louisiana Lafayette squad last week. So I like where Sawyer Smith is heading. Uh, Troy, they've played the, the, the spread option offense that Georgia Southern is running earlier this year. They hold Coastal Carolina's spread option to only two points. Point seven yards per carry. So I think Troy can do, uh, can limit Georgia Southern's uh, one-dimensional offense, uh, and 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 the fact that you know they do play the option every year, so they do know how to defend this. Uh, Troy not only held Coastal spread option to under three yards a carry, they've held their two of their last three foes to their season lows in yards. So I think Troy is playing well on the defensive end. I like the way quarterback Sawyer Smith is playing. He's getting his feet under him very well. He's looking more confident. I'm going to say it's going to be a close game. Georgia Southern got smashed last week by ULM. Clearly looking ahead to this game. They're not as bad as last week's number. Are going are gonna to show this is a good Georgia Southern squad. I just think it's a better Troy team. I'm going to say Troy by a field goal should be a great game that goes down to the wire. Well, Troy's last four uh, Sunbelt wins have come by double digits, so I, I do like the way Troy's playing right now. And they held a, a potent Louisiana offense to a season low 270 yards, 196 yards below their average. Uh, defense holding foes to 56 yards per game below their average. It's number 33 in college football right now. They've got a linebacker, Hunter Reese. He's got 10.5 tackles for loss. So I'm very much impressed with Troy's defense. And I, I've got some issue with Georgia Southern right now. Um, you mentioned the, the look-ahead spot for them against ULM last week. I, I'm wondering how much of that was a look-ahead spot and how much – is that Georgia Southern just being exposed for maybe a little bit of what they are. Remember, a couple weeks ago they had a close game with uh, Texas State, who's a bottom feeder e even for the Sun Belt purposes, and uh, didn't put very many yards up in that game, less than 300, struggled and, and won the game by two points. A very disappointing result here. Uh, and then they come back, they had the big win against App State. Now, that App State game, take a little closer look, and 
App State's quarterback went out in the first series of that game. They were already missing Jalen Moore, their star running back, but they they do have some other running backs. But the big concern there was App State got thrown for a loop when they lost their quarterback in the first series, and Georgia Southern managed to win that game. So I, I've got to question how good Georgia Southern really is. A bad performance against ULM, a bad performance against Texas State, a good win against App State, but a, a win that's tainted by the fact that their quarterback got hurt. Georgia Southern is only averaging 314 yards per game in Sunbelt play. That's not good for even for an option team like uh, like uh, like the Panthers are. So I don't think Troy has a great offense. I'm sorry, the Eagles, the Eagles. <laughs> uh, I don't think that Troy has a great offense, but considering Georgia Southern's struggles on offense, averaging 76 yards per game below their opponent's average, I've got to go with the Trojans here, and I like them a little stronger. I think that they can win this game by a touchdown, maybe a little more. The men of Troy from Alabama, not the men of Troy from California. Don't get it confused. All right, let's move along. Uh, let's go out, out west and go to see the Pac-12 matchup taking place this weekend that we that we picked out. Got a good one here. Washington State, uh, perhaps the uh, Pac-12 champion this year going on the road at Colorado Washington State of course 8 and 1 overall 5 and 1 in the Pac-12 Colorado 5 and 4 got off to a fast start overall just 2 and 4 in the conference uh, Washington State does well against the spread as well 7 and 2 against the Vegas odds Colorado just 5 and 4 uh, line opened up Washington State laying over a field goal minus four and a half early money is on Wazoo now laying nearly a touchdown there at minus six uh, both these teams obviously come in trending in opposite directions Chris Wazoo five wins in a row Colorado of course has lost four in a row after that easy uh, opening schedule that, that had them perfect as the season started the schedule got tougher, and now they end up losing games. I, I like what I'm seeing out of Gardner Minshew, Minshew, the quarterback for Washington State. He's already thrown for over 3,500 yards, completing over 71% of his passes with a 27-7 to ratio. I look on the opposite side, Colorado. I see that they've allowed 15 touchdown passes over the course of their four-game losing skid. That's not a good matchup. Wazoo. Already perfect against the spread on the road this year, 4-0. I think they're going to be refocused after nearly losing last week versus Cal. Kind of a flat spot for them. Uh, Two-week flat spot, I guess you could say, because they had a big win two weeks ago. Did good the, the week after and then kind of fell flat. Sometimes teams take a week uh, after a big win to to show their flat spot. I think that was Wazoo's flat spot there. I think they're going to be refocused here after last week's near loss where they had to come back and score a touchdown with under a minute left just to win that game. I like the way Wazoo's playing. I don't like the way Colorado's playing. Obviously, I talked about the trending in different directions. I'm not afraid of the points going in uh, Colorado's favor as far as the line moving up to now nearly a touchdown for Wazoo. I'm going to say Wazoo can still win this game by nearly double digits. I'll back Wazoo here. You just got to like how Mike Leach just keeps his teams going. You know, there's never real high expectations going into a season for Mike Leach teams, but they always manage to be right in the thick of things at the end of the year, especially the last few years. Uh, nearly did get tripped up by Cal last week, like you mentioned, but they did have a plus 122 yard edge in that game. Uh, Cal plays a little bit of a bend, but don't break defense defensive, uh, with their pass defense. So that was a tough matchup, tougher matchup than I think a lot of people realized, uh, with Cal and Washington state last week. And I give a lot of credit to Washington state for pulling out the victory. Uh, 
Washington State plus 189 yards per game on the road. Colorado actually plus 154 yards per game at home. So they are playing well at home. But the Cougars very good on on the road. They've covered every road game they've played in this year. So impressive on the road for the Cougars. Uh, known for offense in Washington State, but the defense has been the catalyst this year to me, holding opponents to 71 yards per game below their average. That's 20, number 29 in the FBS. They had a strong defense last year. They lost their defense coordinator. You had to wonder if that was going to continue. You know, Mike Leach defenses have to be on, out in the field a long time because they uh, they move the ball so fast defensively, but they've gotten it done in Washington State. Really impressed by their defense. LaVisca Chenault still questionable for Colorado. I, I, I'm not thinking he's going to play. So major issues for Colorado there because he is their big playmaker. And Steven Montez got rocked a couple times last week. If they don't keep him healthy, they're in trouble. So uh, kind of if I'm, if I'm a Colorado backer, I'm, I'm a little worried that my quarterback is going to stay upright in this game. Uh, like you said, the Buffs have lost four straight. They are a desperate team. They've got five wins. They need one more for a bowl game, but I don't think it comes here. I like Washington State by right around double digits, like you said. I, th- I think they get it done and continue their Pac-12 championship run, hopefully. Let's go back to the Midwest and go into the Big Ten action and look at Ohio State going on the road to East Lansing, taking on a Michigan State Spartan squad that comes in with a record of 6-3, and 4-2 and two in the Big Ten. Ohio State, of course, Eight and one, five and one in the Big Ten. Neither team does well, uh, according to the Vegas odds. Ohio State just three and six against the spread. Michigan State four and five against the spread. Line opened up. Ohio State laying three and a half. Currently, Ohio State laying three and a half. So money is uh, even throughout for both of these teams. Um, when I'm looking at this game, Chris, uh, you know, being the Big Ten Conference coordinator here at North Coast Sports, uh, I always look at how the how the you know the series trends. Uh, go in each, in each uh, for each game. Uh, this is a visitor-dominated series. The visitor has won set is seven and two, both straight up and against the spread. That obviously favors Ohio State here. Uh, Ohio State they went away from their RPO offense last week because they wanted to get their running game going. They worked on that consistently over the bye. They were running a, an RPO-based offense. Every game of the season, they didn't run one single RPO play last week in their win, and that resulted in their most rushing yards that they had since their season opener. Of course, they still got one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the country in Dwayne Haskins, who has thrown for over 3,000 yards, completing 70% of his passes with a 32-6 to ratio. I look at Michigan State at home. They're allowing 273 passing yards per game, 62% completions. They are susceptible to the vertical pass game. Their quarterback, Lewerke, still not 100% dealing with an injured shoulder. Lombardi, the backup, has shown some moxie. Strong kid, but has not seen the type of athletes that Ohio State is going to bring. I know the Buckeyes are on a five-game ATS losing streak uh, coming into this game, which is very odd when you think about it, but how about this? Under Urban Meyer, uh, you know, they're laying double digits in a lot of these, in all, in all of these games, obviously, and they've been a little disappointing as far as the scoreboard goes this year, Ohio State, but, uh, you know, when you look at this, at, you look at this line, and it's three and a half, Ohio State you know, they're 10 and 3 under Urban Meyer against the spread when they're either favored by 4 points or less or as an underdog. So, they're favored by 3 and a half. That that favors them. I like the I like Ohio State in this game. I've been leaning away from them uh for the last couple of weeks, even last week off their bye. I really was I wasn't buying Ohio State. I didn't like the matchup versus Nebraska. 
I like this matchup for Ohio State this week against Michigan State. I think Ohio State can be more physical. I think they'll it'll be a close game, tough game. I'm not expecting an outcome like last year's blowout win that Ohio State had over Michigan State. The uh, Sparty will respond from that beating last year, but I think laying three and a half is a, is a good number for Ohio State backers. I'm going to say Ohio State by a touchdown in this game. I think they get it done here. Indeed, Ohio State has not looked like the team we all expect them to be. And I really thought, for one, that Ohio State was going to come out and just crush Nebraska last week, kind of like they did last year to Michigan State, coming off the loss to Iowa. Uh, it, it didn't happen that way. I think Nebraska's a better team than people realize, though. And I, I think that everyone just looks at their record and says, oh, they're not very good. But they could easily be like have two or three more wins this year. So that's not as bad a, a game as everyone makes it out to be. Um, Ohio State is plus 115 yards per game in Big Ten play. Michigan State only plus 26. Uh, Spartans have a dominant defensive front seven. They're holding their opponents to 72 rush yards, 2.5 yards per carry. So, uh, you know, the defense is going to get it done, and, and they're going to limit Ohio State. But uh, Ohio State's offense, as much as they, they have struggled defensively at times, their offense is number five in the country, averaging 143 yards per game above their opponent's allowed average. So very impressed with Haskins and the Buckeyes' offense. Uh, Michigan State's only averaging one yard per game more than their opponents are allowing. Big edge to the Buckeyes on offense. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of value here with Ohio State because you don't expect to be getting Ohio State at – less than a touchdown against really anybody other than those upper echelon teams like Michigan, Clemson, Alabama, everyone else you would expect Ohio State home or away to be laying seven or more. Uh, so you, I, I like Ohio State by anything less than six. I think that they're going to do pretty much what I just did to my chair and break them off probably by a touchdown. We've got to get some new chairs in this office, Antonio. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, ACC action. I don't think anybody heard that chair break, by the way, and it's not like you're a big guy or anything. Jeez, oh, man. All right, yeah, maybe we do need to get some more chairs. Hey, guys, game of the year weekend going on this weekend. How about that? Uh, Clemson at Boston College. We're going to talk about ACC action. Of course, Clemson is, you know, pretty much got a playoff game locked up. I mean, I don't see anybody beating them. We're not talking about straight-up wins and losses here. We're talking about against the Vegas odds. So Clemson 9-0, and 6-0 in the ACC. Boston Boston College seven and two overall, four and one in the ACC. This is not a bad Boston College team. Clemson just five and four against the spread. Boston College uh, just a spread darling, seven and two against the against the number. And man, Chris, I tell you what, the line opened up Clemson minus seventeen, early money, and 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 I get it, early money just really on Clemson up to minus twenty now. So that line has jumped. A full field goal. So if you're back in Boston College, you gotta like it. And I mean, obviously, I think you know this game. It, it really, you gotta pay attention to Saturday and see is AJ Dillon healthy enough? Is he gonna play in this game? Uh, it, you know, if he does, obviously it gives Boston College even a more edge to cover that line. But you know what? You know, regardless, I like Boston College's offensive line here to matching up against one of the best defensive lines in the nation. I don't think they'll be overmatched. I mean, they got five returning starters back. This is a solid offensive line. They're not going to be intimidated one iota by Clemson's defensive line. That is a couple of uh, NFL uh, defensive guys on there. 
Um, you know, I, I think when looking at this and seeing it, the fact that the line has jumped three points, I just think that the public uh, is looking at the way that Clemson has won their last four games by an average of 51 points per game. I mean, you can't overlook that. I just don't see them being able to physically manhandle Boston College the way they've done it over their four-game winning streak by that amount. Uh, Boston College... At home, this is a different team at home. They're 4-1 as a home dog the last two years. Uh, they they beat Miami outright two weeks ago in that very role. as our marquee game of the month winner, by the way, uh, winning that game outright as a home dog. So Boston College does extremely well in that role. Um, at Clemson, I don't think they can keep up this pace of winning these games uh, in dominant fashion the way they are. I think Clemson's going to win. That's not a question. But I just think Boston College can easily cover that 20-point spread. I'm going to go Clemson winning this game by two touchdowns. But, Chris, you are the ACC conference coordinator. You are the ACC expert. What am I missing here? Or, I mean, is this a game that, yeah, I mean, this is a lot of points. Is, is Can Boston College cover this? Well, this first off, this is Clemson's really their last tough test. I mean, they do have South Carolina. I shouldn't say that. They have South Carolina coming up. Um, and you can never discount the rivalry in the Palmetto State. But I feel like as far as a team that I truly feel can challenge Clemson, Boston College I think will be the last team that is able to do that because the ACC title game is going to be a formality for Clemson. They'll walk through whoever comes out of the Coastal. Um, don't underestimate the Eagles. Boston College is holding their opponents to 47 yards per game below their average, 36 best in the country. They've got an outstanding pass defense. Remember last year, they finished number one in our pass efficiency rating defense rankings. This year, they're number four. They brought back most of the guys from last year, safeties Lucas Dennis and Will Harris, very impressive safeties. Uh, and then another guy who stepped in this year that I, I really like is Hamp Cheever's a cornerback. He's got five interceptions, seven pass breakups. So they've got a lot of guys on that defense that can make plays against this uh, Clemson pass offense. And, and Clemson is rolling through everybody. Trevor Lawrence has been amazing and what he's doing for that offense. They have a very good run run game with Etienne. And uh, you you got to like Boston College's ability, though, to keep games close because of their defense and stay in the game and not let Lawrence throw all over them. Uh, Clemson's defense, a defensive line, everyone knows about it. Number one defensive line in the country. Four guys, at least, that are going to be playing in the NFL. And they brought in some freshmen this year already making waves like Xavier Thomas. Holding opponents to 90 rushing yards per game, 2.2 yards per carry. But you also mentioned Boston College's five returning offensive line starters. They've got some NFL talent on that offensive line, too. Chris Lindstrom, the guard, he's a guy that's going to get his name called next year. So if I'm an NFL scout, this is where I'm going to be this weekend because seeing those offensive linemen go up against that defensive line, you're going to get a taste of what it's going to look like the next next couple of years for these guys in the NFL because there is NFL future talent all over the trenches this weekend. Uh, A.J. Dillon, it looked like he was getting healthier, but he had a little tweak in the ankle. I'm thinking he plays this week because he's a gutsy kid. I can't see him missing out this game. He has 897 yards this year, 5.5 yards per carry, despite missing a couple games and really not being that healthy for probably the last about five weeks. Boston College 5-0 and against the spread at home on a 15-3 and against the spread run. 
I've got to keep riding the Eagles because they just keep coming through for me. So I'm going Boston College plus the points. I think they keep this game right around two touchdowns, maybe a little less. I'm, I'm happy the line keeps moving up. Yeah, you and I both. All right, let's go to our uh, power sweep uh uh, star-rated play giveaway. We're going to go to look at one of our two-stars in this week's issue, and I just want to remind everybody, our college two-stars over the last uh, five years are 94 and 49. That's a 66% winning clip over the last five years. So uh, giving away one of these two-star plays is very, very valuable uh, to our listeners, and we really appreciate everybody for listening to the Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports. And for our two-star giveaway this week, wanted to take a look at this uh, Sunflower Showdown. Of course, Kansas at Kansas State. Kansas 3-6, uh, 1-5 and six, one and five in the Big 12. Kansas State also 3-6, and 1-5 and five in the Big 12. Uh, Kansas is 4-5 and five against the spread. Kansas State 5-4 and four against the spread. Both pretty similar in that regards. Now, shockingly, this line opened up Kansas State laying 12. That's not a shocker to me. What's shocking is now, when I looked at the lines this morning before we do the show, and the line is down ten and a half now. Kansas State is laying so early money is on Kansas. I just don't understand how anyone can put their money on a bad football team. Um, the Sunflower Showdown. This is a series that's dominated uh, by Kansas State. And at least when I'm looking at Kansas State, while the records in this game are pretty even and similar, Chris, uh, at least with Kansas State, I see some positives. I mean, they've held two other two out of their last three foes to their season lows in yards. They have a solid running back in Alex Barnes. Obviously, they got the Hall of Fame head coach in Bill Snyder. Kansas, um, let me see. Uh, positives for Kansas? Uh, I, I don't have. I don't have any. There's none. I, there is not one positive thing I can say about this Kansas football team, uh, except the fact that they finally were smart enough to get rid of David Beatty, who uh, will continue to coach for the rest of the season from the sidelines, but will be relieved from his duties. It was reported after the game last week that uh, he will be no longer the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks following the season. That was long, long overdue if anybody's been paying attention to this dreadful program. Um, Kansas State dominates this series. Bill Snyder looks forward to embarrassing his, his in-state rival. 9-0 and straight up, 7-2 and against the spread. They've won this by an average of 29 points per game. Kansas State, while they've had a disappointing season, they have at least had, they've won their last two games by over two touchdowns. So with them laying double digits here, not afraid to back the Wildcats in this game. Kansas State's going to win this game by a minimum of two touchdowns, in my opinion. And, and Bill Snyder would like nothing more than to send his rival out on another loss and embarrass David Beatty once again. Kansas State's definitely been disappointing this year, but, uh, I- I don't think they're as bad as everyone thinks. You look at what they've done. They had close losses to Baylor, close loss to Texas, close loss to TCU. Those aren't bad football teams. Uh, and Texas is actually a very good football team. Um, the blowout losses were at Oklahoma and at West Virginia. Okay, well, that's kind of expected. I, I think the problem is that we all expect when Bill Snyder's getting points, especially on the road, we always expect him to come through. Well, it didn't happen a couple times, so now we're a little down on them. This Kansas State team's probably not a whole lot different than most of the other Kansas State teams. They just couldn't quite keep up with Oklahoma and West Virginia's potent offenses. Uh, Kansas won't be too physical for uh, for Kansas State like Mississippi State was earlier this year, so that's, that's another game that you really can't look at to get a gauge on this game. Um, Bill Snyder... 
in a disappointing season is going to want to drop the gavel on Kansas. I completely agree with you there. This could be his last year. I know there's some talk of that. So if you're Bill Snyder, you know this might be it. You want to really put it down on him just to say, all right, I'm going away, but you just remember this one before we leave. Uh, Kansas State, minus minus 23 yards per game at home. Kansas, minus 141 yards per game on the road. Jayhawks are minus 184 yards per game in Big 12 play. And that one Big 12 win they got where they beat TCU actually got outgained by nearly 200 yards in that game. It was a very fortunate win for Kansas that they were probably due for. But I think at this point, there's just no way that Bill Snyder is going to let Kansas beat him on the way out. And uh, I, I think that the only the only logical thing to do would be for him to put it down on him and, and win this game by at least – Two touchdowns probably, and I think that uh, you know Kansas has got a long way, long road back. I, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring if they're looking for a head coach. If you need one, I'll rock chalk Jayhawk next year. I'll, I'll go coach him. There you go. Uh, if, if Les Miles is no longer available. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, week's edition of the Power Sweep Podcast uh, presented by North Coast Sports. Well, once again, just before we go, real quick, want to remind everybody, again, our deepest card of the year. It's our Game of the Year weekend. The Game of the Year is, again, since 1982 when we started, 28-8 and eight winners, 78%. Our big games this year, again, continue to win 6-2, clip. Uh, NFL late phones on fire 62%. I mean, I just can't go over it enough. I uh, really want you guys to jump on board this weekend. Enjoy the winning weekends we have here at North Coast Sports and take advantage of our Game of the Year weekend where you can get all of our Saturday side uh, star-rated selections, our Sunday uh, star-rated selections, and our Monday night marquee for as low as $119. Again, everybody, $119 for those plays. Uh, call our office to see how you can get that special. one 800 654 3448. That's going to do it for this week's edition. For Chris Van Dyne, I'm Antonio Castro. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Power Suite podcast presented by North Coast Sports.